Shas Illuminated presents the following shir by Rabbi Moshe Chaim Byron. Mesechus Yoma has been dedicated by Dr. and Mrs. Robert Goodman. Le'iloi nishmas Chaim Menachem Aaron ben Yecheskel Nechemya. Yuma Davchof Aleph. Omer of Yehuda, Omer Rav, B'sha'ah she'isrol o'ilim neregel, o'imdim tzfufim u'mishtachavim revochim. Rashi explains tzfufim is loshin tzaf. It's loshin of floating. They were packed together so closely that they were literally lifted off of the ground. Yet when they bowed down, it was meruvach. It was very spacious. The Gemara continues and brings the Mishnah in Perkeyovois, which lists this nais as one of the ten nisim which happened in the Beis Hamikdash. Now Rashi says, what was the point of this nais mishtachavim revochim? Rashi says, ukashemishtachavim v'noiflim. The point of the nace was that each person should not hear the vidui of the one standing next to him and he should not get embarrassed when he speaks out and enumerates his chatoim. That was the point of the nace. Now the mashor in the Chidusha Yagodais makes a few points about this Rashi. Firstly, he says, you see from Rashi, that even though the video of the Kohen Godel was Be'amido, like we see in the Mishnah Lamed Hei Omer Beis, nevertheless the video of the rest of Klai Yisrael was Be'ishtachavo, in order that they should not hear each other being Mefarat Der Chatoim. It seems like the Mashah was bothered by that video has to be done Be'amido. The truth is this is Paskin and Shochan Aruch, Simen Tov Zayin, Sif Gimel, that one has to do video Be'amido. In the Sefer Shmuel Yitzchayim, he addresses this issue by Arichos, and he asks over there that the truth is that the Mogan of Rom over there in Tafresh Jain says that you should not even be soimich on something while you're saying vidui. And if so, the Kashi would be shared as well by the Kohen Godol. He did his vidui while he was soimich on the carbon. Al-Kaparim, this is a question that the Achronim deal with, but this is the first ta'ara of the Mashah on Rashi. And secondly, the Mashah asks, why was it necessary for Rashi to explain that the point of the nais was that each one should not hear the other person, when he says his chatoim, why didn't Rashi explain very simply that the nace was necessary in order to make the hishtachavoye possible? If they were oimdem svufim, they were standing so close, so packed together, so hishtachavoye would be impossible. And therefore the nace was necessary to enable them to bow down. Why did Rashi have to add an extra reason that each one should not hear the video of his friend? This kasha the mashot doesn't answer. However, some Achronim say that Rashi was medayik to give another reason why it was necessary that they should be spread out, they shouldn't hear each other's vidui, because Rashi understood when it says mishtachavim revachim, it doesn't merely mean to say that there was enough room for them to bow down. Rather, more than that, even when they bowed down, there was still space between them. Like Rashi goes out of his way to say that there was b'neim arba amois, there was four amois between each one, even after they were bowing down. So in other words, the nace was that there was room for them to bow down, and beyond that, there was still an extra space of four amis between each person and their friend. That Rashi has, feels necessary to explain why was that second half necessary. So Rashi says, That there had to be space between them, beyond the extra room necessary to bow down, so that each one would not hear the video of his friend. Now another point that the Achreinim are medayik from Rashi, the way Rashi explains the Gemara, it would seem to be a reason why this nace was necessary on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is when all of Klai Yisrael bowed down and they had to be misvadeh, there there was a reason, they should not be embarrassed from their friends. However, the Lashon of Rav Yehuda Rav is Bishosh Yisrael Oilem Neregel, meaning each one of the Sholish Regolim, this nace would take place. The way Rashi learns the whole point of the nace was only for the vidoy that they should not hear each other. Why was it necessary during the Shalish Regolim? It seemed to only be necessary on Yom Kippur. So perhaps the Mishnah in Perkeyovis, which merely says, it doesn't say when this nace took place, that perhaps we can explain is referring to Yom Kippur, but the Memra of Rabbi Yehud Rav is clearly talking about all the Shalish Regolim. How could Rashi's explanation fit to explain the necessity of the nace by the Sholish Regolim. So the Siyach Yitzchok points this out, and he quotes a Tashbeitz. 
The Tashbach is in Chela Gimel, Simen Lamed Zayin. And over there he has an Arichus about the Asura Nisim, which are mentioned in the Pirkei Ovais. And the Shoyal, the one who wrote the letter to the Tashbach, he has a lot of Chedushim, which many of them the Tashbach argues on. And one of the things that they argue about is that the Shoyal, he understood that this nace would take place every one of the Shoyal Yishvigolim. And the Tashbach held that it wasn't necessary, because during the Shoyal Yishvigolim, all of Klai did not have to be in Nazar at the same time. Just like we find by the Shechitas Karben Pesach, Klai was divided into different groups, and then the, the Regolim also, they did not have to come into the Nazar at the same time. They could make many shifts, and therefore it was not necessary to have this nace. Only on Yom Kippur, when Klai all heard together at the same time, the Shema Mepharish, Yoytzim Epikai and Godol, and they were all Mishtachaveh, and at that moment they all said Vidoy, there was necessary for there to be space between them. Like Rashi says, they should not be embarrassed from each other when they say Vidoy. So that's the Machloikas, the Tashbates and the Shoyel. And the Siach Yitzchak over here, he quotes this Tashbates, and he says Rashi seems to say like the Tashbates, that the Nase was only necessary on Yom Kippur. And he asks, what's going to be pshat in the member of Rabbi Huda Marav, who seems to say that the nays happened on each and every one of the Sholish Regalim? And the Siyach Yitzchak says, we'll have to be madchik, that when it says, B'shoshe Yisrael Oilum Leregel, Oimdim Sfufim Umeshtachavim Ervachim, we have to read it differently. B'shoshe Yisrael Oilum Leregel, Oimdim Tzfufim. When Klai Yisrael came to be Oilum Leregel, and they were standing, it was very tzofuf. It was crowded together, they couldn't move. Yet nevertheless, when they had to bow down on Yom Kippur, Mishtachavim Revachim, then they had enough space between them to bow down so that they would not be embarrassed Bizman the Vidoy. So the nace actually only took place on Yom Kippur. That's how the Tashbites will have to learn the memory of Rabbi Huda Amarav. Now the Loshan of Rashi, Shla Yishma Ish Vidoy Shal Chaveroi, the Achroinim bring that there's a similar Loshan in the Medrash in the end of Pasha's Tzav. And the Lashon over there is, The Medrash doesn't say that they shouldn't hear each other saying, Vidui, rather they should not hear the private tefillos of each other. Now the Siach Yitzchak says that even if you'll go with the Nusuch of the Medrash, and not the Vidui Shochaveroi, nevertheless, the Siach Yitzchak says, we can still say like the Tashbates, that the nace only happened on Yom Kippur. And he explains because the rest of the year, a person is supposed to be mispalo belachash. He's supposed to daven quietly. The only person that's supposed to hear is Tzvilas is him himself. However, on Yom Kippur, there's an Indian to daven loud. The Beis Yosef in Erechayim, Simen Kuf Aleph, discusses this. This is where the din is brought, that Bederachal, a person is supposed to daven quietly. He's not supposed to be magbiya koilei betfilo. However, the Beis Yosef says on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the meaning was otherwise. People used to daven their own private tefillahs loudly. And the Beis Yosef gives explanations over there why Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur was different. But al based on this, the Chsiyach Yitzchak says that this is the reason why the nais was necessary only on Yom Kippur and not the Shalish Regalim. Because the Shalish Regalim, even if one would want to daven for his own private tefillahs, he would daven belachash and he would not raise his voice. Al-Kopanim, that's the Nidin, when exactly the nace of Oymdem Tzvufim or Meshtachavim Revachim took place. Was it during the Shalish Regalim or was it during Yom Kippur? Now there's another Shail over here, in the memory of Abhidu Amarav, he says, Afal Pishinim Shochim, Achadasri Amo, Achari Beis Oymdem Tzvufim or Meshtachavim Revachim. Now what does it mean that they were Nimshochim, Achadasri Amo, Achari Beis so Rashi says that usually Klal Yisrael was spread over the 11 Amois that was called Ezra Yisrael. That's the 11 Amois that Klal Yisrael were allowed to walk, the first 11 Amois of the Azara. Here they were pushed forward and they had to move along the Tzofin and the Durham side of the Azara until they were pushed all the way to the Meir side of the Azara. And they were filled up the area, the 11 Amois, between Achiri Beisak Apeires and the Koisel Ma'arovi of the Azara. Now the Achreinim point out that Bederach Klal, or Yisrael, was not allowed to walk into this area. The Mishnah in the first parak of Kalim discusses the ten levels of Kedusha. And the Mishnah says that the Ezra's Kayanim was Mekudosh more than the Ezra's Yisrael. The first eleven Amois on the Mizrach side of the Azara was called the Ezra's Yisrael, and beyond that was called Ezra's Kayanim. 
And the Mishnah says that the, a Yisrael was not allowed to walk into the Ezra's Kayanim, Elo Bishas Tzarchayim, Lismicha, Lishchita, Ulitznufa. Unless he had a reason to go there, for example, to do smicha on the carbon, or if a czar wanted to do shchita on the carbon, or if he had to do tnufa, then he was allowed to go into the Ezra's Kayanim. And the Mishnah continues, Bein ha'ulam l'mizbeach, in the area between the ulam and the mizbeach, that was even more mekodesh, that over there, a balmum, a kayin who's a balmum, or a kayin who was a peruei roish, he also was not allowed to go into that area. And therefore the achreinim ask, how was it that we find over here that a czar was able to go past the Ezra Yisrael into the Ezra's Kayanim? And even more than that, he continued and he went to the Meirah side, past the Mizbeach, to the area which would be called Beina Ulam the Mizbeach. And over there, even a Kayan cannot always go there. What is the Heter? Just because the Azara is tough of, is crowded, to go into areas which seem to be off limits to Azar. So the Haggai Yavitz over here in the back of Yuma, he's bothered by this kasha. And he says that we have to say that when it says, It has to be that the Kayanim, the ones who were allowed to go there, they were pushed inward. Since the Azar was so crowded, there wasn't enough room for everyone. So whoever was allowed to move inward, they were pushed there. And Enechanami, the only ones that occupied that space were the Kayanim and not the Yisraelim. However, Lamaisa, this kasha is already asked by Rishonim. The Ritz Gaius in a Sefer Shari Simcha, in Hilchas Lulav, where he talks about the meaning of Aishanis, he quotes Rav Shri Ragain. Rav Shri Ragain says a big Chiddush. He learns that when it says that they were makif the Mizbeach with the Arava, it does not mean that they walked around the Mizbeach, that they circled the Mizbeach. Rather, it means that they made a circle around the Mizbeach, but each person stayed in his place. And he says it can't be that they walked around in a circle because, because some of the ones that were carrying the Aravis were Yisraelim. And Yisrael is not let to walk Bein Ha'ulam Lamizbeach. Therefore it must be that everyone stood in his place. And it would seem that Rosh means to say that the ones who stood Bein Ha'ulam Lamizbeach, that part of the circle, they were Kayanim. That's the sheet of Rav Shri and he says, therefore the Aram Minug is not precisely the way it was done in the Beis Amikdash, because Aram Minug is to walk around, and there in the Beis Amikdash, each one stood in his place. Now the Ritz Geis is chaylik on this Rav Shri and he says that the Lashon of Makifim is not mashmur like Rav Shri that they merely stood in a circle, rather it's mashmur that they walked around in a circle. And furthermore, he says, what does it mean that they were makif seven times on Ashana Rabbah? How could you be makif seven times? Mishlam, if you're walking around in a circle, you can walk around seven times. But if you're merely forming a circle and everyone stands in their place, then Al-Karchach, you'll have to say that it means that they formed a circle and then they left and they came back and once again formed a circle and they did that seven times. This, the Ritzkeya says, is not Mistaber. And therefore he argues in Roshiragayin. And Lagabi, the Kasha, that Roshiragayin asked, how could it be that they walked around in a circle but Yisrael is not allowed to walk Bein Ha'ulam Lamizbeach he brings it right from Er Sugya. He says, you see in Er Sugya that it's not a problem, as long as you're doing it with mitzvah, then there's no Isser to walk in the area of Bein Ha'ulam Lamizbeach. And therefore he learns Er Gemara Kipshutai, that the Klai Yisrael filled up the whole Lazara, even the area of Bein Ha'ulam Lamizbeach. And since they were doing it for a purpose, there's no problem, there's no Isser to walk there for a Zara. Now the Toysus Ri Halavan here in Er Sugya and Yuma is also bothered by this Kasha. How was it allowed for Yisrael to walk beyond the first 11 Amos of the Azara? And he says that what they did was they walked along the sides of the Azara, the Tzofen side and the Durham side, which is really what Rashi as well says. And he says as long as you walk along the sides, that's not Asr. And even Bein Ha'ulam Lemizbeach, that doesn't mean any area of the Azara further Mayriv, further west past the Mizbeach, is called Bein Ha'ulam Lemizbeach. Bein Ha'ulam Lemizbeach means directly in between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. But if you're further north or further south, that's not called Bein Ha'ulam Lemizbeach. So as long as one stays close to the Tzofin wall of the Azara, or the Durham wall of the Azara, he can move all the way over to the Mayriv side of the Azara, and he can end up behind the Beis HaKapayres, behind the Kedush HaKadoshim, and he's not over on the din of coming Bein Ha'ulam Lemizbeach. And the Taisus Ria Lovan says, but to actually come Bein Ulam Lemizbeach Mamish, that definitely would be Asr. Even a Kain Balmum or a Kain Peru Arayish was not allowed there, and definitely not Azar. 
Akupalim, we have a machlekes over here when we say that they were nimshach to the eleven amrus achari beis Is there a heter to come even bein ulam lemizbeach? According to the Ritzgeis, there was a heter. This is called letzerich mitzvah. Just like Bahishanis, they were allowed to go there. Here also, they were allowed to go there. And the Chari means to say it was the mitzvah of Aliyah Liregel. That was called a mitzvah which would be matter for Azar to come by Na'ulam Lamizbeach. Whereas the Toysis Riyalovan argued, he says there's no heter to come by Na'ulam Lamizbeach. However, Beina Ulam Lamizbeach means mamish between, directly between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. But further to the Tzofen side, further to, further, or further to the Durham side, that's not considered Beina Ulam Lamizbeach, and they made sure to stay only in those areas. There are those that want to say that this Machlaikist between the Ritzgeis and the Taisus Riyalovan is totally in a Machlaikist Rishonim about the Din Beina Ulam Lamizbeach, which is mentioned in the Mishnah and Kalim. The Batanura on that Mishnah, in the first parak of Kalim Mishnah Ches, he quotes Machlaikis Rishonim. Is it only a Milo Mindarabonon? This that Azar cannot come. Beina Ulam Lamizbeach, is it a Din only Mindarabonon or is it a Din Dairaiso? The Ramam holds that it's Mindarabonon. And the Bartanura brings B'Shem Rabbeisav that it's only a Milo Mindarabonon. So perhaps the Ritz Geis who held that Yolad Ulatarach Mitzvah Kambayna Ulam Lamizbeach, perhaps he held it only Mindarabonon. Whereas the Toysus Vialovon, who held that there would be no heter to come bein ulam lemizbeach, he held that it's deraisa, and therefore there's no heter even letzerich mitzvah. Now Rav Shri Ragein, who the Ritz case was coming to argue, Rav Shri Ragein held that even letzerich arava, one cannot come bein ulam lemizbeach, perhaps he also held like the Tzad that it was deraisa, and therefore he did not want to be matter letzerich mitzvah to come bein ulam lemizbeach. Now the Gemara Behemshech continues and brings more nisim which are not listed in the Mishnah and Pirkei There's a Braisa, Rav Shmayim Yikalnavai, he says, Shivrei Klicheres Nivloim Bim Koiman. Rashi explains that these are the Shivrei Klicheres that you are Mavashal Kotche Kotchem in them, and the Blio is Nesar Mishum Noiser the next morning, and they need Shvira, they have to be broken like the Pasuk says, Uklicheres Asher Tevushal Ba Yishover. And Rashi quotes the Gemara in Zvachim that the Shvira, they have to be broken Davka b'mokon Kaddish, Davka in Nazara. And therefore Rashi concludes, If they would not be swallowed by the ground, these Shivrei Klicheres would form piles of garbage in Nazara. Now the Taisus Hashanim over here asks on Rashi, he quotes this Gemara in Zvachim as well, that the Shvira has to be done Davka b'mokon Kaddish, he says, Where do we know that after they're broken, there's an Isra to take them out of the Hazara? Once you were this mitzvah of breaking the Klicheres and doing it in the Mokim Kodesh, doing it in the Hazara, why afterwards is it a problem to take it out of the Hazara and get rid of them? And he leaves it off as a Kasha. The Ritva as well is bothered by this Kasha, why can't you take the Shivri Klicheres outside the Hazara after the Shvira. And he says, you have to say, Gemara Gmiri law, there was a Messiah that this din is true, that you cannot take the Shivrei Klicheres outside the Hazara. And therefore this nace of the ground swallowing up the Shivrei Klicheres was necessary, because if not, Nimtso Ashpresois shall shvarim be'azara. Now, Behemshech HaGemara, Abaya adds, Mura'ah v'noitzah v'dishon mizbeach ha'pnimi v'dishon ha'menoira nivlo'an all these things as well were also nivla into the ground. Now the Gemara does not mention what about Dishan Mizbech HaChitzayim. The mitzvah of Truma HaDashan, which is mentioned first in the Pasuk, and the Pasuk says that you put the Dashan next to the Mizbech on the side of the Kevesh. What happened to that Dashan? There is no mention in the Gemara. What happened? Was it also swallowed up by the ground? So Toysus over here, bin he brings the Machlaikis Rishonim. He brings B'Shem Rav Poiras that says, Huadin Dishan Mizbeach HaChitzayin, it was also swallowed up by the ground. However, Rabbeinu Tam argues, Rabbeinu Tam says the Mashmois of the Gemara is only these things mentioned. There's no mention of Chuma Sadeshen, therefore it's Mashmah that it was not swallowed up in the ground. And he brings an additional Raya for the Gemara in Psachim and the Gemara in Tmura, which darshans from the Pasuk, which says by Chuma Sadeshen, V'somoy Itzal HaMizbeach, and the Gemara Darshan, V'somoy b'nachas, V'somoy shelo yifazer. 
We learn from this pasuk that you should put it down gently and make sure that it doesn't get scattered. And the Gemara understands this means to say that it's Osir Bahano, and therefore it's Ton Gniza, it has to be buried. And Rabbeinu Tam says, what do you mean it has to be buried? What is it, what is it Negea to us that it's Osir Bahano? Either way, it was swallowed up by the ground and it's not accessible. So that's his raya, it's mucha from here, that the nays did not happen to the Chuma Sadashan. The Chuma Sadashan was not swallowed up by the ground. Lemaisa Taisis is matrik and he says, Yeshleimar, Kroa Lav Anisa Samach. The Torah that says, the Samach, Shaloyi Fazer. From here we learn that it has to be buried and it's also Bano. That's because the Pasik is not Soymich on the Nais, that it would be swallowed by the ground, and therefore the Torah has to tell us that it's also Bano. Taisis continues, it says, Another Tarets, Inami Nirli Imchofer Sham Vahitzi Yaisai, Kamar Da Afer Hekdish Loilam Asr. The Torah has to tell us that even though it's swallowed by the ground, but if a person would go and dig it out, we have to know that the din is that it's Asr Bahano. So Akaparam Taisis is Madrik Disraya, but we have a Machlikis Rishaynim between Rav Pairas and Rabbeinu Tam, was the Chuma Sedeshin also swallowed up by the ground? Now the Maisa we had earlier on Chofa Manaf is a Mefurish Rashi that says, like Rav Pairas, Rashi says that the Chuma Sedeshin was swallowed by the ground. Rashi is on the Chofa Manaf on the Mishnah, Dibar Maschal Torah Mesem Ezbeach, Rashi Torah Tvarov, he's talking about Chuma Sedeshin, and he sticks in V'nivla Bim Kaimai. Rashi holds like Rav Pairas that the nace of Nivla Bim Kaimai was by the Chuma Sedeshin as well. However, the Kashi remains, why is it not mentioned over here in Ersigya together with the Murav in Neutza and the Dishin Mizbeach Apnimi and the Dishin Minoira, which was Nivla Bim Kaimai? Why is there no mention of the Chuma Sedeshin? The Ritva in the Sugi as well brings the Machlekes Rishenim. He quotes Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Tam holds that there was no nace of, of Nivla bim Kaimah by the Chuma Sadeshin. And he says, Achirim Pirshu. He brings another Shita that holds to Pa'omim Nivlas, U Pa'omim Loi Eira Ba Nace, Veloi Nehisa Nivlas. Sometimes it was Nivla on the ground, and sometimes there was no Nace, and it was not Nivla. Or he says, Oishaloyisa Nivlas La Alter, Elo La Achazman. Or perhaps sometimes the nace did not happen immediately and it took a while for it to be nivla. And therefore he says, Therefore it's not mentioned over here because this nace did not always occur or sometimes it occurred only over time. He doesn't offer an explanation why would it be that the Murah and the Neitza and the Dishim Mizbech Apnimi and the Menorah that always had the nace of nivla of Mkaymai as opposed to the Chumas Hadeshen which the nace did not always take place. Akaparim, this is the Mashail and the Rishayim whether the Chumas Hadeshin was Nivla or not, Rav Pairas, as well as Rashi, they hold that it was Nivla, Rabbeinu Tam holds that it was not Nivla, and the Ritva brings a sheet of Hashem La'achirim, that perhaps this nace sometimes happened, but did not always occur, and therefore it's not mentioned over here in the sugya. Now further on we have the member of Rabbi Shua ben Levi, about the nace of the Lechem upon him, he says, Silukai Kisiduroi, when it was removed from the Shulchan, after sitting there a whole week, it was in the identical state as of the moment when it was placed originally on the Shulchan, at the beginning of the week. And the Gemara continues on and says that this nace was called Nisi de Baroi, a nace that took place on the outside, as opposed to the nace of the Orin, which the Gemara says is not mentioned, because that's a Nisi de Gavoi, a nace that took place inside that people did not see. Now why is the nace of the Lechem upon him called Nisi de Baroi? So the Gemara quotes Rish Lakish, the Pasik says, Al Shulchan Atar, Mechlau Shu The Pasik is mashman that the Shulchan could be Mechabal Tumo, and Rish Lakish asks, how could it be Mechabal Tumo? It's a Kli Eitz, a Osli Nachas, a Kli Eitz which is not moved, and therefore it should not be Mechabal Tumo. And he says, from here we see, Melamed, Shemagbin Oisi, Laoli Regolim, Vaimrum Lahem, Ruuchi Baschum of Neamokoim, Shasilukai Kisiduroi, Shanemar Losum Lechem Choim Beyoim Hilokhoi. That the Kainim would take the Shochon and show it to the Klausel so that they should see this nace and they should see their Chibol of Nehamokoim. Now, what does it mean, Shemagbin Oisi? Rashi says, Dibramaschus Shemagbin Oisi. Umarin oisoy lachutz. They would show it to the people standing outside, and therefore it would be called anisi debaroi. However, on the Gemara on the side, some girsoyis have a different girsoy. Instead of umarin oisoy lachutz, umaytzin oisoy lachutz. That they would take the shulchan outside. 
they would take it out of the Heichal and show it to the people in the Azara so that they should see this nace. Now there's a discussion in the Achreinim, did they actually take the Shochan and remove it, take it outside of the Heichal and bring it into the Azara or not? This is telling the two Gersais of Rashi. So the Mishnah Melech, it's in Perek Yud Aleph of Hilchos Metami Mishkov Moishov, Halocha Yud Aleph, he discusses these two Gersais of Rashi. And he says it's totally how to learn the sugyo in Chagiga Daf Chavvav. The Mishnah over there, Chavvav Amadav says that they were Misha over Haregel Ma'avirin Al Tairus Hazara. They would go through the process of being Matar the Azara after the Regal when Amaya Aretz came to be Oil the Regal and they were Matam things in the Azara. And the Mishnah says Ketan Ma'avirin Al Tairus Hazara Matbil Nesakelim Shahiyu Bamigdosh. They would toivel all the kalim, and the Mishnah says, "V'oimrim lehem." During the regal, they would tell the people, "Hizaru shleitigu b'shulchan." One thing that they had to make sure does not become tamei was the shulchan, and therefore they would make sure to tell people, "Be extra careful not to be metame the shulchan." Rashi explains why was the shulchan worse than any other kalim. Rashi says because they couldn't be toivel the shulchan. She efshar l'salkoi there has to constantly be lechem upon him on the shulchan, and therefore you cannot re- remove it and take it to be toivel because during those moments there won't be lechem upon him on the shulchan, and you'll be mevatel the mitzvah of lechem upon him tomid. Therefore, the Mishnah tells us that we have to be extra careful not to let the shulchan become tomid. Now Rashi says, what does it mean we told them Hizaru Shleitigo Bishulchan? Who did we tell this to? So Rashi on the Mishnah says, we told the Kaihanim Amaya Aretz. We told the Kainim who were Amaya Aretz, who came to be Eilal Regal, that they should be careful not to touch the Shulchan. Taisu says, well, over there in Chagiga, and Chafavim and Beis, Taisu says, we told the Amaya Aretz who came inside the Heichal Nehishtachavos. They came to bow down in the Heichol on the days of the Regal. We tell them to be careful not to touch the Shulchan. And Taisa says, The Ilul Yisrael, Lohu Yeruyin Leleich Af Bein Ulam the Mizbeach. Yisraelim couldn't come inside the Heichol, they couldn't even come between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. So there's no Chshash that the Yisraelim would touch the Shulchan. They weren't in that area of Bechlal. The Chshash was that the Kainim might come to touch it and be Metamit. Now the Rambam learns differently. He learns Hizaru Shleitigo B'Shulchan is not referring to the Kayanim, it's referring to Klal Yisrael. The Rambam in Hilchus Metami Mishka V'Moshev Perek Yiralef, Halacha Yiralef, he brings the din that they were Metaher the Azara after the Regal. He says, Achar HaRegel, B'Matzoi Yontif, Ha'yimadvilun Es Kol HaKelim, Shahoyu B'Migdosh, Replate Shinogo B'Hem Amei Ha'Oretz B'Sha'as HaChag. And the Rambam continues, The Rambam is quoting this Mishnah that they told him, And he says, when was this? This was at the time they showed the Lechem upon him to the early Regalim. And at that moment there was a chash that one of the Amhir earths would touch it and be metamit. So therefore they told them, make sure not to touch it. The Rambam is saying clearly, not like Rashi and Taisis. The chash was not about the Kainim who went inside the Heichol. The chash was when all of Klai Yisrael, when they brought the Shulchan to show them the Lechem upon him, we had to tell everyone not to touch the Shulchan to be metamit. And the Mishnah Lamech says, this is the Machlekes, Rashi and the Taisis, Kenegad the Rambam, what does it mean that they showed the Shulchan to the Kal Yisrael? Does it mean that they re- merely lifted it up, which is the gears that we have in Rashi, that they raised the Shulchan to show everyone? Or is it the Pshat that they took the Shulchan outside into the Azara to show it to everyone? And the Mishnah Lamech says that Rashi and Taisis are going, that they didn't bring the Shulchan outside, so there's no Chshash that a Yisrael would touch the Shulchan, the Chshash was only on a Kahin, Whereas the Rambam held that the Shulchan was brought outside into the Azara, and therefore the Zuchshash that Yisrael would touch the Lechem upon him. So the Mishnah Malach continues and he says, L'chairah, from the fact that Ar Suya calls it Anisi Dibaroi, Anis that takes place outside L'chairah, that would be Mashmah, more like the Rambam. However, he says, Rashi is Meduyik, not like that. Rashi says, why was it called Anisi Dibaroi? Rashi says, because it was a Nase that was Yadu'a Lakol. 
The reason why it was called Nisi de Beray is not because it actually took place outside of Nazareth, but it was seen by people in Nazareth, and therefore it was known by everyone. It wasn't like the Kapiris, which was inside the Kedush Hakdoshim, which no one saw. That's called a Nisi de Gavoy. But the Nisi of Lechem upon him, which people outside saw it, that's called a Nisi de Beray. And the Mishnah Baruch says, from the fact that Rashi has to go out of his way to explain why was it called Nisi de Baroi? Because it was Yadu Alakol, it was known to the people outside. That would be Mashma more like the Girsa and Rashi. Umarin Oiselachutz, it was shown to the people outside, and not like the Girsa of Metzin Oiselachutz, that it was taken outside. Because if the Shochan was actually taken outside, Rashi should have said that it was a Nisi de Baroi, because the Nisi itself took place sometimes outside in Nazara. So Rashi would be Mashma that the Nase actually only took place inside the Heichel. And it was called Nisi de Baroi because it was a Yudua Lakol. People were able to see it from the outside. Now the Maisa, the Mishnah Malach himself, concludes like the other Tzad, that the Shulchan was actually taken outside. He quotes the Yushalmi in the end of Chagiga, which is Mefurish. It says clearly, It says Mefurish that the Shulchan was taken, out, taken outside into the Azara. And furthermore, he asks, if you hold like Rashi and Taisvis, that it was merely shown to the people outside, he says, how were they able to see from so far that the Lechem was still fresh? How could they possibly have seen that it was Silukai Kisidurai, that it was the same when it was removed as when it was originally placed there? And additionally, he asks another Kasha, he says, if you learn like Rashi, that the reason why it was called Nisi de Baroi is because it was Yadua Lakol, it was seen to the people outside, even though the Nais took place inside. The Gemara says that the Nais of the Kruvim was called Nisi de Gavoi. That took place inside. And the Mishnah Melch quotes the Gemara later on, on Daf Nun Dal Ramad Aleph, which says, B'Shah Shahu Yisrael Oilim Neregel, Megalulin Lahem Besa Paroiches, they would roll up the pareiches, umarin lahem esa kruvim, shahoyum mu'urin zebezeh, va'imrim lahem ru'uchi baschim lefnei mokoin. They used to roll up the pareiches so that Klaisor could see inside the Kayesha Kadoshim and they could see the kruvim facing each other. And if so, the Mishnah Melech asks, the same way Rashi says that the nais of the Shulchan was called Anisi de Beroi because it was seen outside and it was Yudua Lakol. If so, the Nais of the Kruvim, which Agamara mentions, should be called Nisi de Beroi for the same reason. It was also seen by the Oile Regel when they rolled up the Paroiches. It should also be called Anisi de Beroi. And therefore, he says, he concludes that the Gemara is Mashma, that the, really the Shulchan was taken outside into the Azaro, and that's the reason why it was called Nisi de Beroi. Because the actual Nais was brought into the Azaro. Masha'enkein, the nace of the Kruvim, even though it was seen by, from outside, but since the actual nace was inside, that would be called Anisi de Gavoi, and not Anisi de Baroi. Now as far as the Kasha of the Mishnah Lamelech, how is it possible to see from a distance that the Lechem was still warm, that it's Siluka Kisidurai, this Kasha the Ritva already asks. The Ritva in Ar-Sigyo says clearly, like the Tzad, that the Mishnah Malach brings, that the Shulchan stayed inside, it didn't go outside. And they saw the nace from a distance. And the Ritva says, how is it possible to see from a distance that it was still fresh? And he says, V'nire ki b'shas simo u'lekicho, both at the time it was placed on the Shulchan, and when it was removed from the Shulchan, ha'yecham harbei, it was so hot, at she'yia hevel yoytzimimenu, there was steam coming out of the Lechem. Just as it comes out of the oven. That's what the Gemara means. He says, this is what the Gemara means, that you could see the nace from a distance. It must be the Pshat was that it was so hot that there was still steam coming out from it. And that's why it was possible to see it from far away. So the Ritva clearly holds like this side, and he answers the question of the Mishnah Melech, why was it that they were able to see it from far, even though they did not bring the Shulchan outside into the Azara? So we have a tarot to this question of the Mishnah Melech. Now as far as the other question that we mentioned, the Mishnah Melech asks, what is this nace different than the nace of the Kruvim? That nace Lechair is also seen when they rolled up the Pereiches, like the Gemara says in Daf Nun Dalid. So this the Ritva does not answer, but we have a different tarot to Teisus Yishonim, and Daf Nun Daud Amaralf asks this kasha, 
Why wasn't the nace of the Kruvim mentioned as a nace which happened outside? It was seen by the people outside when they rolled up the Parochas. And he gives the tarots. He says, as far as the nace that the Kruvim sometimes would face each other and sometimes they would turn around, he says that was not considered a nace because the way the, way the Kruvim were originally built by Shleima was that they faced each other. So when they rolled up the Kruvim to show the Chiba that Klal saw, the Kruvim facing each other, that wasn't actually seeing a nace. That's the way the Kruvim were originally built. And as far as the nace which is mentioned in Er Gemara, that the urn did not take up Mokhaim inside the Kedush HaKadoshim, that the Tzitzit Shonim says was not a nace which is nicker so much. Since Klal did not measure the space of the Kedush HaKadoshim, the nace was not easily discerned, and therefore it's not considered Nisi Dibaroi. So we have a text to this kasha of the Mishnah Melech as well, and from the Taishis Hashanim, it would seem that he as well held that the Pshat and the Gemara by us, that the nace of the Shulchan was Nisi de Beroi, is the Pshat because it was seen from the outside. And that's why the Taishis Hashanim had, had Shver, what's the difference between Er Nace and the nace of the Kruvim, both of them were seen from outside. Because if he would have learned Er Gemara, like the Mishnah Melech says, Benasa Rambam, that the Shulchan was taken into the Azara, then his kasha wouldn't start. It's partially why the shochan is called a nisi de baroi, as opposed to the nace of the kruvim, which is called nisi de gavoi. So the text of the seems to be another rishon who holds that the shochan was not actually taken outside to the azara, it was merely raised so that Klai Yisrael can see it from a distance. Now the Advaz in the Chuvas Chelik Vov, Simon Shnealofim Kuf Ayin Ches, he discusses the Shaila as well, was the Shulchan actually taken out into the Hazara or not? And he says, L'chayra, if it was not taken outside, how is it possible to see the nace from a distance? And he quotes this Ritva. The Ritva that says that the Lechem was so hot that it let off steam. And the Ritva says that this is schwer to say such a B'chidosh, that there was such an extreme nace, and the nace was unnecessary. Vishnu, we can understand the nace that the lechem should stay fresh for the entire week, so that the kainim could enjoy the lechem upon them when they eat it at the end of the week. But why would Hashem make a nace that it should be so hot that it let off steam? That would seem to be an unnecessary nace. And even if perhaps during the time of the regel, there was a reason to have such a nace, so that Klaisal should see from a distance that the lechem was hot, but why was it necessary to always have that nace? The Mashmai says that the same nace took place constantly. Why would it be necessary for such an extreme nace that the lechem should be so hot? And he says that the truth is even lechem which is very hot does not let off steam. The Radva says the Matisse is only when you cut it. When you slice through it, then it lets off steam if it's very hot. But otherwise there is no steam. And therefore he wants to say, now like the Radva, and he says what they did was that they brought the Shochan a little bit closer to the Pesach of the Heichal, so that Klai Yisrael who was standing outside can see when they're misalik the old lechem and put on the new lechem. And immediately after they took off the lechem from the previous week, they brought the lechem outside into the Azara to show everyone. And when they showed it to them up close, they saw it was fresh, and they showed them, So they did not take the shulchan outside, but they did take the lechem outside, and the way Klaiso was able to see that it was still fresh, is when they looked at the lechem up close. And he says, Rashi and Toysvis... In Chagiga, that we mentioned before, he says they definitely held like this, that the Shulchan was not taken outside, and therefore Rashi had to explain that Hizaru Shleitigu B'Shulchan is referring to the Kainim Ameya Oretz. And he says more than that, he says, how could you possibly say that the Shulchan was taken outside? The Pasuk about the Lechem upon him says, Lefanai Tomid. It has to constantly be inside the Heichal. Lefanai means that the Lechem is in its proper place, in the Heichal, Lefnei Hashem. Once you take it outside, you're mevatal the mitzvah of lefanai tamid. And even for a short moment, would already be mevatal the Indian of tamid. And therefore he says, Akarach, they did not take the shulchan outside the heichal. And what they did do was they brought it closer to the Pesach heichal, so that Klai could see them taking off the lechem, and then they would immediately bring the lechem and show it to Klai and they would see that it's still fresh. And with this he explains, that's why it was called a nace of baroi. A nace that happened outside because the lechem itself was taken outside. After the lechem was removed to the shulchan, they brought the lechem, and the lechem which was still fresh was seen outside in the azara. That's why it was called a nace of baroi. 
Now the Radvaz had a girsa in Rashi, Maitzian Oysa Lachutz. Not like the girsa we had, Marin Oysa Lachutz. Like the other girsa, Maitzian Oysa Lachutz. And he wants to say that even Rashi doesn't mean that you took out the Shulchan. He says, Maitzian Oysa Lachutz could either mean that they brought the Shulchan closer to the Pesach HaHechol, so that it could be seen outside. So they brought it towards the Chutz. Or Maitzian Oysa Lachutz could be referring to the Lechem, that the Lechem was taken outside. But not that the Shulchan was taken outside of the Hechol and brought into the Azara. Because he says, if not, it's a steer in Rashi. The Rashi in Chagiga, like we mentioned, he clearly held that the Shulchan was not taken outside. So Rashi here that says, will have to say that it doesn't really mean that the Shulchan was taken outside. According to the Gersa that we have, the Kasha doesn't start. Rashi doesn't say, All he says is, Marin Al-Kopanim, we have a Machloikis, the Mishnah al-Melech says that the Pashtas is that they did take it outside, his Ikaray is from the fact that it was called a Nisi de Baroi, and he says, don't tell me, it means that it was seen from outside, because if so, the Nase of the Kruvim should also be mentioned, and the Radvaz holds, no, he says the Pashtas is that it was not taken outside, his Ikar Taina is that if it was taken outside, you'll be Mavatel, the Pashtas that says, Lafonai Tomid, and the Kasha, why it was Nisi de Baroi, he says it's because he took the Lechem outside, that's why it was called Nisi de Baroi. Now the Gemara later on, on Amr Beis, says that there were five things that Klai saw had the Migdash Rishon, and did not have in the Migdash Shani. Arun Vekapires Ukruvim, Rashi says this is all counted as one. Eish, Shechina, Ruach HaKadosh, V'urim V'tumim. Now Taisis over here, Dibramaschah V'urim V'tumim, Taisis says, Urim V'tumim Havu. It doesn't mean that Klai Yisrael did not have the Urim V'tumim Mechal. They had it. Shem Loikein, Hayakayin Godol, Mechusar Begodim. If they did not have the Urim V'tumim Mechal, the Kayin Godol would be puzzled for Avedah, he would not have all his Shemina Begodim. Elavoy Hayu Meshivin, L'Neshalem Behem. It means that the Urim V'tum did not answer the questions that were posed to it. Now this actually is Machlekes, the Rambam and the Ravid. We discussed this earlier in Dafheim and Beis. The Rambam in Perek Daud, Hochaz Beis Abchira Halacha Aleph, he says like Taisvis. He says, Va'af Urim V'tumim, Shahayu B'Bayis Sheni, Lo'yoyu M'shivim B'Ruach HaKadosh, V'lo'yoyu N'shalon B'Hen, Sh'nemer Ad Amoid Koyin L'Urim V'tumim, that the Urim V'tum would not answer the questions, and therefore they didn't ask the questions. And the Ram continues, The only reason they made the Urim V'tumim, He says, clearly like Taisus, that there was Urim V'tumim, just it wasn't used to answer the questions. Now the writer over there argues, and he says, the Gemara lists Urim V'tumim and Ruach HaKodesh as two separate things. And according to the Rambam, they're all one thing. There was Urim V'tumim, just it didn't answer the questions, meaning there was no Ruach HaKodesh. And therefore the Ravid concludes that there was no Urim V'tumim Bechlal. So therefore it's two separate things. There was no Urim V'tumim, and then additionally there was no Ruach HaKodesh. And the Ravid says, and if you'll ask that it should be Mechusr Begodim, like Toysavis and the Rambam said, that the Ravid says, Einoi klum, that's not a kasha b'chlal, she'einoi mechesh b'na begodim. The Urim v'tum is not one of the begodim. So we have Machlaikis, the Ramam and the Ravid, whether Urim v'tum means that there was no Urim v'tum b'chlal, or there was, just it didn't answer the questions. Now the Kasha of Mishnah comes to answer for the Rambam, what's he going to do with the Ravid's kasha, that the Urim v'tum and the Ruach HaKodesh are listed as two separate things, according to the Rambam it should be one. So he says the Ramam will learn, not like Rashi, the Ramam will learn the Oroin, Vikapiris, Ukruvim, those are three separate things, not like Rashi who counted it as one. And the Ramam will hold that Ruach HaKodesh and Shechina and Urim Vitumim, that's all counted as one. So therefore the Ramam's five are Oroin, Kapiris, and Kruvim, that's three. Aish is the fourth one. And the fifth one is Shechina of Ruach HaKodesh, Urim Vitumim, that's all counted as one. Now the Kasev Mishnah explains what's the Machlegas, the Ramam and the Ravid, whether there would be a problem of Chisr Begodim if there would be no Urim V'tumim. The Ramam says that if there's no Urim V'tumim, then it's Mechusr Begodim. The Ravid says Urim V'tumim is not a Beget. So the Kasev Mishnah says that the Ravid holds that the Urim V'tumim is the Shein HaMefeirash. 
This is the sheet of some Rishonim Urvatuma memes, the Shema Mefresh, which was written on a piece of cloth and placed between the folds of the Chayshin. And therefore, the Raven holds if it's missing, there's no problem of Mechusr Begodim, it's not a Beget. What does the Rambam hold? So the Kesav Mishnah says, Harambam Kairepoi Urim Vetumim Lechayshin Bederach Hashola. The Kesav Mishnah is trying to say that the Rambam argues what does Urim Vetumim mean, but it's not clear exactly what does the Kesav Mishnah mean, how is he explaining the Rambam, what exactly is Urim Vetumim referring to. However, the Merkevis Mishnah, he explains the Rambam, and perhaps this is what the Kesav Mishnah means as well, that the Rambam holds the term Urim Vetumim is referring to the Avne HaChoshen itself. He says the Rambam learns when the Pasuk says, Vayitan HaLachoshen Esa Urim Vetumim, the Urim Vetumim, according to the Rambam, is the Avne HaChoshen. The Pasuk is telling us to put the Avne HaChoshen into the Choshen. This is actually the sheet of Reb Nisengain and Reb Shviragain. It's mentioned, mentioned in the Oitz HaGainim in the beginning of Brochus. That's what the Merkavah Mishnah explains with us the Rambam, and therefore the Rambam holds that if the Avni HaChoshin were not there, it would be a problem of Mechusr Begodim. It's as if the Choshin itself is not there. And therefore the Ram had to learn that there was Urim Vitumim, in other words there was Avni HaChoshin, but the Avni HaChoshin did not answer the questions that were posed to it. Now as far as the Kasha that the Raivin asked on the Rambam, that according to the Rambam, the Urim Vitumim and Ruach HaKadosh is really one and the same, the reason why the Urim Vitumim did not answer is because there was no Ruach HaKadosh, so the Merkavah Samishnah sends us to the Rambam in Perik Yud, Hilchus Klei Amigdosh, Halacha Yud. And that Rambam would seem to strengthen the Kasha of the Ravid. The Mashmois of the Rambam over there is that the reason there was no Urim Vitumim, in other words that the Urim Vitumim didn't answer the questions, is because there was no Ruach HaKodesh. The Loshan of the Rambam is like this, Osu B'Bayis Sheni Urim Vitumim K'day Lahashlam Shmeina Begodim V'Afal Pi Shiloi Hoyu Nishalom Behem like the Rambam we mentioned before in Hilchas Beis Abchiro, and he continues, we pnei ma lo hayu shayilam mehem, we pnei shelo hayusah sham ruach hakodesh, the chol koyin sheino yimedaber beruach hakodesh veein shchina shayra alov ein neshalon boy. The Rambam says the reason they couldn't use the Urim v'tumim is because the koyin gadol who was supposed to pose the question he didn't have ruach hakodesh, and you can't pose the question unless you have ruach hakodesh. So the Rambam is clearly saying the Urim cannot be used because there was no Ruach HaKodesh, which seems to strengthen the Kasha of the Ravid that Ruach HaKodesh and Urim is one and the same. So you could learn like the Kasaf Mishnah says with the Rambam that Enechanami, the Rambam counts Ruach HaKodesh, Urim and Shechina as one, and he counts Aroin, Kapayas, and Kruvim as three separate ones. However, there's another Mahalach with the Rambam. The Briskerov, on this Rambam in Hilchas Klei Migdosh, he quotes the Rambam who says, the reason they did not ask from the Urim V'tumim is because they did not have Ruach HaKodesh. And he quotes the Gemara in Soita Daf Memches. The Mishnah over there says, Mishamesu Nevim HaRishonim Batla Urim V'tumim. The Urim V'tumim no longer served its purpose after the Nevim Rishonim died. And the Gemara says, who were these Nevim Rishonim? At first, the Gemara has its hard to say it means David and Shlomo. The Maskoner of Nachman and Bar Yitzchok says it means the Afukei Chagai Zechayu Melachai. Nevim Rishonim means the Nevim who served in the first base of Mikdosh, as opposed to the Nevim who served in the beginning of the second base of Mikdosh. And the Briskerov asks, you see from this Gemara that the Urim Vaturim was not totally in Nevuah. Even in the beginning of Bayez Shani, when there still was Nevuah, nevertheless the Urim Vaturim did not answer the questions that were posed to it. And according to one man, the Omar, even during Bayez Rishayin, the Urim V'tumim did not always answer. So you see clearly that the Urim V'tumim is not totally in Nevuah. So how could the Rambam and Hilchas Klei Migdosh say the reason they did not ask the Urim V'tumim is because there was no Nevuah? You see clearly from the Sigyan Saita that the Urim V'tumim is not totally in Nevuah. And furthermore, the Rambam himself, in Hilchas Beis Abchira, he passed like the Gmaskana and the Gemara and Saita, and he says that the Urim V'tumim would not be Meshiv during the Tkuf of Bayez Sheni. This is like the Maskana of the Gemara and Saita, that from the beginning of Bayez Sheni, even though there was Nevuah, but once the Nevi'im Rishonim were Mesu, then the Urim V'tumim did not answer. And the Nevi'im Rishonim, the Gemara comes out with Maskana means, as opposed to the Nevi'im in the beginning of Bayez Sheni. 
So in other words, that the end of the Tkufa, of the Urim V'tumim answering, was the beginning of Ba'ez Shani, and that's how the Rambam says in Hilchaz Beis Abchira. So why is it that the Rambam in Hilchaz Kliyam Migdosh says that they stopped asking from the Urim V'tumim when there no longer was Nevuah? L'chair, it's not totally in Nevuah Bechlal. So the Briskarov says that if you look carefully in the Rambam in Hilchaz Beis Abchira, the Lashon is, V'af Urim V'tumim, Shahayu B'ayis Shani, the Rambam says two points. Firstly, he says that Urim Vitumim did not answer the questions that were posed to it. That already was from the beginning of Ba'is Shani. And furthermore, the Rambam says, and they stopped asking the Urim Vitumim as well. And the Brisk Rav explains that the Rambam means, that's even when there was Nevuah. And they were able to pose questions with Ruach HaKadosh to the Urim V'tumim. But Lamaisa, the Urim V'tumim never ended up answering them from the beginning of the Tkufa of Bayashini. That's the main point of the Rambam in Hilchaz Beis HaBechira, where he's listing all the things that they did not have in Bayashini. One of them was that the Urim V'tumim did not give them answers to their questions. However, there's another point... And this is what the Rambam in Hilchus Klayam Migdash is Be'ikar coming to say, that in order to ask a question from the Urim V'tumim, it was necessary to have Ruach HaKodesh, to have Nevuah. And therefore the Rambam says, from when Nevuah stopped, they no longer posed questions to the Urim V'tumim. Now when was this? This was not at the beginning of the Bayashini, at that moment they still had Nevuah. But later on, after Chagai, Zechariah, and Malachi were Nifter, they no longer had Nevuah, then they stopped posing questions to the Urim V'tumim. So in other words, having Nevuah is a prerequisite to asking a question from the Urim V'tumim. If someone does not have Ruach HaKodesh, he's not able to pose a question. But that does not mean that as long as there was Nevuah, the Urim V'tumim always gave an answer. From the beginning of Bayes Shani, Lamaisa, they never got an answer from the Urim V'tumim. Like the Mishnah in Saita says, Mishameisun Nevi'im Rishonim, which the Maskana means that from the beginning of Bayes Shani, they never Lamaisa received an answer. But they were trying, they, had, they were asking questions. And that, like the Rambam says, they stopped asking from when the moment Nevuah stopped, then they stopped even posing the questions to the Urim V'tumim. Now based on this, the Briskarov answers the Rambam from the Ravitz Kasha, why is it considered two different things in the Brisa, Ruach HaKadosh and Urim V'tumim. Ruach HaKadosh means when Nevuah stopped, and like Rashi says, that was from the second year of Daryovesh, that actually was not at the beginning of the Tkufa of Bayashini, but soon afterwards, Nevuah stopped already. And according to the Rambam, from that moment, they cannot even pose a question from the Urim V'tumim, because Ruach HaKadosh was a prerequisite. And additionally, another one of the five things was Urim V'tumim. That means, like the Gemara Saita says, from the beginning of the Tkufa of Bayashini, the Urim V'tumim no longer gave them answers to their questions. And like the Briskarov explains, that's not a din that it wasn't able to give answers. They were still posing their questions and trying to get answers. Rather, it's a Matthias, Lemais to the Bryce is telling us it never happened that the Urim Vitum did give an answer from the beginning of the Tkufa of Bayez Shani. You have been listening to the Shiurim of Shas Illuminated. Shas Illuminated is a non-profit organization dedicated to broadening the learning of those studying the Daf worldwide. If you would like to make a donation or to dedicate a Daf or Masechta, please visit our website at shasilluminated.org or call 203-312-SHAS. You can also email us at shasilluminated at gmail.com.